Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host Sado Dan and uh, tonight I'll be riding Solo Dan because Terry is off jet setting in Thailand. Looks like he's having a wonderful time. Mate, I don't say this public often for obvious reasons but I hope you're having a good time, miss you lots and I will do my very best on you tonight. Look, usually I come into these things knowing sort of what I'm going to say, where I'm going to go I got no idea tonight, so I guess we're going to find out together. Uh, it's, it was a weird week, strange week to be a Sharks fan. It was kind of one of those games that uh, you kind of want to forget, but they you look back at them at the end of the year and think perhaps we learned some lessons. You know, we let some things happen. But anyways, let's get into it. The Cronulla Sharks, Thursday night, travelled to Brisbane and were humbled. Let's be honest, we went in thinking we'd win. Uh, I didn't do my usual game day thing of thinking of reasons we'll lose, and I take full credit for the loss. Because quite frankly, I thought we'd go up there and um, run through them. And it looks like, given the effort or lack thereof from the boys, that they thought so too. Now look, I don't want to... I should probably rephrase. I don't think there was a lack of effort. The boys look tired. They look shot, they look devoid of ideas, and they look like they were just beaten by a team that cared a lot more that went up there. They had to win. We wanted to win. They had to win. Let's put it that way. Uh, look, I said on Outlaws that this isn't the end of the world, and I very much stand by that. Not ideal by any stretch, but I think we're sitting pretty good. You know, our old mate Chad and the Cowboys did us a favour by putting the Eels away. Jeez, did they put them away. So, you know, we're sitting in the top four despite the loss. So, no harm done, I suppose. It would have been nice to put some points between us and the chasing pack. But, you know, what's done is done, and ultimately we come away with a loss. As I was saying, though, we look tired, and it took people pointing out to me because I you know, I don't tend to pick these things up until I calm down after the game and, and go through the stats. But uh, we played three games in 11 days. It's pretty ridiculous. Now, considering that we had to go to Melbourne, which is the toughest road trip in the game, some would argue Penrith, but the Melbourne trip is far more... You know, draining given that you got to fly down, you got to breathe Victorian air, which we all know is a little bit different. And there's something in the water down there, so you know, not not the Penrith lovely by any stretch. If anyone's listening from Penrith, um, I apologize, but not really. But yeah, the Melbourne trip is the most difficult. Uh, then we came back and played Manly, our, our bitter rivals, in disgusting weather, at least for the second half or or most of the second half, anyways, in Manly. That wasn't an easy game, you know, despite the scoreline, which I still believe was a false false scoreline at halftime. It was just dominance from one or two players down one edge. Once that was fixed up, the game was, uh, you know, pretty pretty even, to be honest. Plus the wind, you know, conditions weren't ideal. <laughs> That's a tough game. And then you go again, with a set, albeit a seven-day turnaround, but Thursday just doesn't feel like you've had a full week. It creeps up on you, as Mitch said last week. Thanks again, jumping on, Mitch. Uh, it was good, mate. I hope you're feeling better, too. Look, three games, 11 days, that's insane. And I, I had a quick look ahead before this, and I, I can't see us playing anywhere near that, considering that you can play two games in, what, 14 days? So, you know, a bit, bit of luck of the draw. The hardest part's done now, and look, we did we did manage a win. You know, if you'd offered me a win out of those three games, I you kind of want two, but, you know, you probably... Manly seem to do us, no matter what form they're in. So you're probably expecting to lose that game and win the Broncos game. And if you gave me the two, I'd prefer the Manly game, obviously. But, you know, I, I honestly thought we were past that rubbish and we were in a position to win these games. But anyways, 
It's done now. We've got a long turnaround to the next game, which we'll touch on in a little while. But, um, look, something or theme has has emerged over the past few weeks. As you know, we put some good results on and won some games that we, we otherwise wouldn't. Uh, I've had some players come through. You know, we've got superstar young coach. People are saying that it's starting to feel a, a lot like 2016. Now, I want to put the kibosh on that right away because um, that 2016 side was a side that was built and was ready to win a premiership. This side we have now isn't a premiership-winning side. I don't think even the biggest Sharks fan, which I like to think of in the top few, could possibly say that you know if we played Melbourne or Penrith 10 times each, that we're beating them more than maybe two times each, if we're lucky. And that's with no disrespect to the boys or, or what they're building. That's just saying that those two sides are so far above everyone, to be totally honest, including us. You know, I think we're in that... We're in that next, you know, level down with, with Parramatta. You know, they were they were humbled on the weekend too. It was a real humbling week for the sides that thought they were good. You know, I, I still don't, I still can't take the Cowboys seriously. You know, maybe a few more wins and I might have to eat those words. But you know, I think us Parramatta. You no, know, I still believe the Roosters and Bunnies are there or thereabouts. And mainly once they get Turbo, they're sort of the sides. You know, preseason I said the Titans were in that. They're they're not. They're awful. And I apologise to any. One who ever heard anything positive about those pricks. They are disgusting, but we're not here to talk about them. Look, I I get, I get the feeling this is more of a 2018 side. Very good. We've got a very talented half. You know, Matt Morland's found some form, which was, you know, a lot of the reason. And, and people forget 2018, because it is quite a long time ago now. Moylan missed a lot of time with injuries. And, and I, I sort of... You, you can't convince me that Moylan was... It's committed last year's years this year. You know, you you get a substitute teacher. You know, you muck up a little bit. You maybe go a little bit, excuse us, easier than you should in the in the rehab. I now, you know, Moylan's very professional, and but I just I, I get the feeling that this year he's putting in you know two hundred percent instead of a hundred. So uh, look, I'm I'm this is twenty eighteen as I was saying. We will win a lot of games. We'll comfortably make the finals. Uh, you know, if we can jag a win in the finals, that'd be great. Because I do think we're better than a lot of the teams that are currently in sort of fifth to eighth. Uh, certainly in better form, and I think we've got a lot better upside with some players to come back. But did anyone honestly think when we went down to Melbourne in 2018 that we were any hope? Now, we did lose some players early on. You know, we gallowed for feeder, I believe, or, you know, Wade, St. Louis, something like that. There were a couple of players there. I try and forget that night. It was, it was god-awful. Went down to Cronulla Leagues, you know, they set the big screen up and we got, we absolutely pantsed. But uh, anyways, we beat him in the game that mattered, the 2016 GS, so yeah, yes. Uh, it was a very good side, don't get me wrong, but against 2016 side, 2016 laps and, you know, we had James Maloney at the peak of his powers and I do make the joke that we won the trade and look, we did because Moylan's still playing for us and, you know, was our best player on the weekend quite easily, I believe. While Matt, you know, um, old mate James Maloney is, you know, he beat, he beat the charge that he got picked up on, and he, I won't go into that, anyone that's heard it <laughs> yeah, probably wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but he's back playing, you know, second division for Lee or, or Carsford or one of them shit sides in England. You know, good on him, and I'll never, you know, say a bad word about Maloney and mean it. I say a lot in jest to upset Panthers fans because they deserve it. But, you know, he was at the peak of his powers. We signed him to win a title, and he did it. You know, we had the, you know, Jack Bird for all the crap he's caught since he left the Sharks. And again, I think he deserves the majority of it. This year he's playing very well. 
But, you know, he, he was one of the form centres and played origin. You know, Andrew Fafida was arguably the best forward in the game at the time, if not very close to. You had Gal Lewis and Wade Graham, which, you know, if you're putting the best Sharks team together, you know, of all time, those three are in, you know, they starting back row or very close to it. So, you know, this side we're building now is very, very good, and I'm very excited about what they what they can produce. But I, this is 2018 for me. You know, we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll make the finals. There's catastrophic occurrences aside, we should make the finals. You know, but let's not forget that we were, in 2016, we were under the tutelage of a bloke who had a lot of years of coaching. And Craig Fitzgibbon, you know, for all these accolades, is still a rookie coach. You know, this is what his ninth game coming up this weekend, plus a couple of games with, with country. You know, like... You learn on the fly, and I think a lot of lessons were learnt this week. You know, I was going to leave this to later, but nice natural segue. The bench this week was not good. You know, I think it's time to end this Braden Trindle experiment. I'm on record as saying I'm very high on Trindle. I still think there's a footballer there. But him coming in and playing 15 minutes in a position of, you know, where did he play on the weekend? Was he at lock? I, I don't know. He defends well. He defends well above his weight. And I still think, like I said, there's a footballer there, but you throw him in cold with 15 minutes to go and say, oh, you win the game, and then after 10 minutes you hook him? Like, what What does that do to the kid? I, you know, I'm not one to, to doubt Sir Fitz, how the great man, especially after he, what he did with Talakai in the last few weeks, you know, and, and sicking Ronaldo back on the wing's been a resounding success. But I, I just, I don't see an upside here. I prefer Trindle to be playing 80 minutes for the Jets because... You know, Lukey Metcalf and Lockie Miller are the hardest down there, and they've been doing really well, but we got flogged on the weekend of the Panthers. Now, again, results down there, you know, they matter in that, obviously, you want to win everything that, you know, you were in the black, white, and blue. From first grade down to under, like, eights, you know, any win for the Sharks is good, but, and I, again, the Jets are the Sharks in this in this instance. But, you know, I, I want Trindle playing 80 minutes football every week. You know, if he's going to develop, it's going to be tearing up the New South Wales Cup. And he's talented enough to do that. You know, put him at six and, and put Lockie Miller back at fullback because that's what he was brought to the club to do. He's brought to provide cover from one to five. You know, and, he, and he's been okay at six. But everyone that I speak to, and shout out to Johnny Trad from Newtown who posts a lot of videos and is very good on the messenger. Lockie was tearing up at fullback. Now... We, we got a fullback that's under an injury cloud. It looked like he was running in quicksand for 25 minutes at the end of the game. You know, he's he's quite easily chased down by Payne Haas. Two weeks ago, Kennedy burns him. He doesn't get close. The bloke's tired, you know. Maybe he does need a week, or he could have come off with 25 to go, and you throw Lockie Miller in there. So, you know, I'm an unashamed Lockie Miller fan, but I'd also be, you know, Luke Metcalf, very, very, very quick. That's something we don't really have is blistering speed. We throw Jaden Beryls in there and put him at nine. Say, oh, you got 15 minutes, just run. Every time you see a lazy marker, just run. So, you know, I think that fourth that fourth bench option is up for debate, but I don't think Trindle in this role is right, you know. And, you know, people still saying, oh, Matt Moylan this, Matt Moylan that. Again, he was the best player the other night. He scored our only try. He made a break. He chased someone down, which I haven't seen from Moylan in years. You know, he, he trusts his body, and he's playing well. And I think even the detractors that text me every time the bloke knocks the ball on but don't say anything when he scores, you know, our only try, you know who you are, 
Only they've got to admit that Moylan was our dominant half this week. It's been very, very good over the opening eight weeks. So, yeah, you know, maybe he'll get injured. Who knows? Injuries happen. That's part of the game, and his body has broken down in the past. But you can't carry a, full, uh, a player utility on the bench purely to cover a possible injury, especially when you've got Wade Graham that can go into six, and, you know, the aforementioned Lockie Miller can cover that too. And we've got lots of players that can do it. You know, I'm sure Ken McInnes you know, running number six, you know, whatever. So I, I'm happy to end that experiment. Uh, going back to Wade Graham, now I want to preface this by saying I'm a humongous Wade Graham fan. I wouldn't say the biggest because uh, Habib has got me there. Shout out, Habib. Mate, Wade looked underdone this week and shouldn't have been. You know, maybe with Dale getting pulled out late, and I know they, they had that plan for a couple of days before or at least long enough for Wade to come in. You know, perhaps we did need some experience on the bench, but this is a bloke who hasn't had a run in a long, long time, and it shows. You know, this is 23-year-old Wade Graham anymore. You can't expect him to come back and hit the ground running. I'm not having to go at him by any stretch. You know, this is a bloke who, again, earned the right to come back into the side. You know, given his name, he, he won't go through Newtown. It, it's... It's incorrectly seen as a you know a shot at a player who's played World Cup football and starred for Australia. New South Wales, you know, he had more tries than Nathan Cleary, despite Cleary playing six or seven games. And PS2, I think, which is a really good stat. We should have written that down. But, I mean, this, this is a bloke at the tail end of his career who, you know, is playing for a contract. So he probably pushed himself to come back. But we got to look after him. You know, a fully fit way Graham is a weapon that we don't have right now. His boot on the left and his ball playing off, you know, more than... Kennedy and Nico, Nico Hines is just going to add something special to that team. So I don't, I don't know. He must have said he's ready to go and you sort of trust him, but I definitely wouldn't have played him. And to be totally honest, I probably wouldn't be naming him this week either because carrying a wide, genuine wide running second rower on the bench just completely buggered it up. You know, Nakora didn't have the greatest game this week, but he's been good in the last few weeks. You know, we, we did miss him when he wasn't there. In Melbourne, big time, in fact. Uh, while Teague Wilton, although, again, he didn't play particularly well this week, has been one of our better players. So if you're going to play those three, you've really got to look at bringing Teague off the bench because he can play lock. Um, I don't know if Wade's body's up to playing lock. I, I certainly assume that if he's fit, it would be. But again, I mean, this is this is the club captain and one of our best players ever. And a bloke who has, you know, a thousand games under his belt. You can't say, oh, Wade, um, you know, play play lock for 15 minutes. He's quite within his rights to say, oh, it's not really my role, boys. What are we doing? So I, I'd i be naming three middles. Absolutely would. Uh, look, he left for feeder off the bench this week. And six weeks ago, if you said that, I would have been cheering. But now I just, I don't know. Don't get me wrong. If a feeder plays the other week, I mean, we still don't win that game last Thursday. But in terms of the the turnaround in the middles, because don't forget how many well he's not there, which means Tolman is used differently and has to play more minutes. And Tolman again was very very solid this week. He he's just a fantastic player. I really wish people would lay off him. You know he doesn't have the Tamalala stats, but that's what not what he's there for. He's there to make tackles. He's there to make meters, and he's there to provide a, a level head. And he did that with a plum this past week. So so it's good on you, Tolman. Uh, look, Royce Hunt played really well in the middle, but he and Toby Rudolph aren't big-minute players. You know, I, I love Tobias. He, he's one of my favourite players, one of my favourite people. But if he plays more than 25 minutes, he gets gassed and he gets burnt. That's just the role 
and show me, show me like James Fisher Harris and Payne Haas are freaks of nature. You know, Tom Malolo should be playing big minutes, but Todd Payton seems to hate my fantasy side for some reason. Outside that, there aren't many plays. You know, your Campbell Gillard, your Junior Polos, they don't play 60 minutes most weeks. You know, they're in the mid-40s to early 50s. And Toby can do that, but, you know, I, I feel when when he gasped for and he missed that first tackle after 20 minutes, that's the sign to bring him off, get him on the sideline, you know, get get the air into the lungs and, and put him back out at a thump in the past 20, last 20, 25 minutes. You know, Royce Hunt's not a big-minute player. He's a genius. He bumps so many people off, and I, I'm really, really on the uh, the Roycey bandwagon. I, I love the bloke on and off the field. He, You know, he... The day he went out of his way to say g'day to Chelsea, he was super shy and he was really, really um, patient with her. You know that that's that sticks in ya. And he, he's playing. He's been he's been top notch this week, and he's earned his role. But he's not a player that can give you thirty minute spells. You know, a bloke that big shouldn't be inclined to do that. And if you don't have three middles, you know, one of those two is going to have to play big minutes, and so is Tolman. You know, Jack Williams at the moment, for all his fantasticness last year, has had a, you know, a very slow start to the season. And again, I'm a big fan of his. We we wrapped him. He was by far our best forward last year. But he's not the same Jack Williams. He needs some time at Newtown. But who do you bring up? That's the thing. You know, we got we got a whole heap of forwards. And don't forget, this is round nine this week. So in two weeks, all those top out players outside the top 30 become available. So, you know, Jesse Colcane, I think his name is... Uh, Frank Frank and Pele should be playing some minutes. That that's something I was going to touch on later, but you know there, there's options there. But that that bench last week just it didn't work. Um, we got to pick three middles, and we got to pick a player that's got a bit of speed and a bit of you know creativity off the bench. And I don't think that's Braden Tuna right now. But anyways, I don't I don't mean to get too negative. Like I said, it's definitely not the end of the world, but. You know, I'd, I would expect to see some changes this week. There won't be wholesale changes because we are missing a whole heap of players. But my word, do we miss Dale Finucane. That bloke has become the heart and soul of this club so quickly. And oh my wowzers, we missed him the last few weeks. You know, that uh, trying to tackle Nass, you know, Mr. Elbows, Mr. Knees. He copped a headshot, and then when he was ruled out this week, my my stomach sunk. I thought, oh, no, Darley's got a history of concussions. Please don't tell me this is a six-weeker. Just calf tightness. They said he would have played if it was a longer turnaround. That's a good move. You don't want to burn one of your best players out and your spiritual leader. Uh, you know, we, we missed him running out. You know, Nico's still a young captain. He's still learning his game, so you need you need Darley. Look, our defense has fallen apart in the last three weeks, to be totally honest. Uh, we have good spells, and we only conceded, I think, 16 points against Brisbane. But that's like conceding 30 points against a good side. So I don't think it's a coincidence that Finucane's absence has coincided with that that drop in line speed, that, that you know, we, we're conceding some, some soft tries. We haven't seen that from the 2022 Sharks yet, except since Dale's been missing. Hopefully he's back this week. Geez, we need him. You know, Hamlin Newell is still a, a long way off, so... We are missing two of our best forwards, and I think Cam McInnes, uh, he was really good, especially early on the other night. He is a wrecking ball. I love the boy. He's going to be an absolute superstar for us, and he started very, very well coming off a horror injury. You know, in six to eight weeks, we wanted to see the best from Cam McInnes. I have no doubt in the world that guy could play Origin. Uh, I don't want him to. Because, you know, I'm really, really selfish in that regard. I don't want any of our boys playing Origin. 
You know, even though I think Fanuke and Hines and, and Cam will be in there somewhere, I don't know if any will play, but they'll be in the squad. Darley's probably the most likely to nab a bench spot. But again, I'm you know I'm here for the Sharks. This isn't a New South Wales up podcast. Although, Terry, it should be. We're going to flog you 3-0, mate. Just quickly before we move on, uh, Nico Hines, he had his worst game of his career on Thursday night. You know, I was getting a lot of subtweets, asked me to call him out. I'm like, mate, I've been doing it all night. Look, Nico is a bloke who's on his, what, 10th or 11th game at halfback in the top league. Uh, it's a young guy who's been given the keys to a side who, you know, are missing their heart and soul, missing both their club captains and a big forward in Hamlin New Early. You know, we they were tired. They didn't have that dominance where they could just throw the ball wide and just run through them. So, you know, Nico overplayed his hand big time this week, and that'll, that'll come with experience. You know, it's a lesson learned. He'll he'll go back and he'll think you know I I definitely overplayed my hand. He made some errors that were, were amateurish. He tried to score off every play late on, and you know again this is a bloke who is coming to Cronulla, been fantastic all year. He sits fifth in the Dalians for those calling for his head, which just excuse my French, but fucking ridiculous. You know the bloke's been our best player week to week. Him and Kennedy, and you know, he has one bad game, and everyone wants to turf him. He's not the savior, this and that. No one said he was a fucking savior. He's just the best halfback on the market, and he's completely transformed us in a matter of two months. Plus, he's really handsome, so shut up every doubter. You know, Nico will be back. I think he'll go gangbusters, absolutely ballistic against the Warriors, and we'll get there in a second. But, you know, fucking curb your, curb your negativity, everybody. Nico is a tremendous player. He's still young, and he's relatively inexperienced, especially at halfback. You know, let's cut the kids some slack. He had a shocker. He'll know, and he'll come good. But the uh, all I heard about all, all week was Talakai versus Toes. And we were, we were uh, guilty of that. Mitch and I pumped that up big time. And it lived up. It was the clash that decided the game. And Stags got him. As my mate Stags, who co-hosted Outlaws this week, said, you know, Talakai lost that 10-8, maybe even 10-7. I think that's a little bit over the top because Talakai made a lot of metres and almost scored late and put us back in the game. But every time he got the ball early on, Stags was in his face and absolutely bodied him. You know, I'm not having to go at Talakai by any stretch because Kevin Walters sat with Stags and probably said, oi, get him. This is your chance. If you get bodied, your origin opportunities are gone, skis. If you get on top of him, though, you become a front runner. And I think Staggs was one of probably the top four or five players this weekend. And that's saying something considering what came out. You know, his stats weren't tremendous, but he absolutely took Talakai out of the game. You know, I think Talakai ran for like 180 metres. And again, that's a false stat because they weren't impactful, whereas Katoni Staggs was the best player in the game. And I think Herbie Farnworth was the second best centre. And I think Ramian was... I know I probably put... Ramian looked good in attack, but his defence was woeful this week. It's one of those games from Jess. You can get that from him. Uh, look, you know, Talakai did his part. He did well, but this, this is Tony Staggs we're talking about. And don't forget, Talakai is fresh off ending Morgan Harper's career. And he bodied Dane Gagai just two weeks or three weeks ago, whatever it is now. Maybe a little bit longer than that. And he dominated Remus Smith, too. That's a premiership or, a, you know, a very good centre. You know, they were talking about origin for him, which he's a Kiwi anyway, so that sounds dumb. But, you know, Talakai did his best, but Staggs just got him. And we got frustrated. We kept going left, and it's like, well, that's obviously not working. Let's try something different. Talakai came into the middle, 
absolutely dominated. You know, he took the, the tiring forwards and he ran over Payne Haas once or twice. So I think it's become very obvious that Talakai's future belongs in the middle. I'm looking forward to getting Connor Tracy back. Uh, or potentially, you know, do we go back to the Ikevalu on the wing and Ronaldo in the centre? I, I, I wouldn't be dropping Talakai now, but, um, you know, or move, moving him now given what's available. But uh, look, that, that's an option. Ikevalu evidently played quite well for the Jets this week. I didn't watch the game, full disclosure. I had the first 10 minutes on, but the, the stream was choppy, so I decided to sit on the on the 3 o'clock game on the, uh, on the main channel. But uh, look... Yeah, we lost. We got beaten by a shit team. It's going to happen. All in all, I was very annoyed on the night. I felt like the effort was down. But when it was pointed out that, you know, we played a 1,000 games in as many days, it's very difficult at this level to keep that up for three straight weeks. So definitely not the end of the world. Not making excuses for them. But in terms of the result, you know, it was still top four. We should have won. Let's let's make no mistake. But in terms of damage done, eh, you know the positives outweigh the negatives. Put it that way. There were no there were no further injuries. Players are get rested. Uh, Fitz learned some lessons, and let, let's hope we um, improve quickly. Because this Sunday afternoon, four p.m. at the greatest stadium in the world. I I say that comfortably, confidently. You know I'm right. Shark Park. The return of Shark Park. We play the Warriors, who themselves are, you know, been up and down in form and have a win to loss in the last two weeks. Only they copped a 70 to, to whatever loss to the Melbourne Storm and then turned up and uh, beat Canberra late on on the weekend. So, you know, I don't know what Warriors team we're going to get. But whatever Warriors team turns up, we're going to turn up. We've got to be the Sharks of the early rounds. We've got to beat their butts. Now, of course, with the Warriors comes the return to Shark Park of Sean Johnson. Now, I flip-flopped on Johnson since he left. I was very, very annoyed by the way a player on 850 to 900K, reportedly, you don't really know, uh, sulked his way through the media when John Morris was punted and the ridiculously overpriced, considering his output and his injury status, wage was pulled Look, I don't want to be negative on Sean Johnson or too negative because he was he was our best player in 2020 by the length of Flemington Straight and then some, and he's the only reason we played finals football and kept that finals run alive. No Johnson, no finals. I don't think anyone in their right mind could argue that. He was by far our best player. He was magic. He probably should have won the halfback of the year from memory. I can't remember. That was a long, long time ago. They would have given it to Clear even though he didn't deserve it. Uh, from remember Jack White on the Dallium, so that's just everything you need to know about that. Uh, look, Johnson, uh, it worries me. Straight up worries me. For 78, 79 minutes this past weekend, he couldn't find the blow. You know, you send out an Amber Alert. Where's Sean Johnson going? No one could tell you. He had about two runs for four metres at half time, then doubled it, I think, in the second half. And then he comes up and he kicks a winning field goal. That's just what Sean Johnson does. This is a bloke that you can literally never, ever, ever take your eyes off. You know, he can be an absolute passenger for 79 minutes and 50 seconds and then score the winning try out of nowhere. He's done it before at Shark Park. I don't think we all need reminding of that. That was a horrible, horrible afternoon slash evening. But, uh, you know, it was good to see. And he did it for us a few times, you know. He, he was like, 
you're ready, like, hook Sean Johnson up, or he's just set up the winning try. Oh, geez, he's kicked the field goal, 40-20 out of nowhere. The bloke's a freak. I'm hoping he has one of his quiet games. Even at his best, I think we got the better halves pairing. I, you know, that, that young arsey kid, he was really good on debut. Um, hoping he comes back. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to win like that. I don't, don't want to downplay a, a young player. I hope we outplay him. Put it that way. I hope, he, I hope he goes well. But uh, look, this is a Warriors team that could turn up and be twenty nil up on us, or it's a team who will turn up, be disinterested, and will flog them by sixty. But this is also a Warriors team that have a half that literally lost a ball for this this team and wouldn't come off the field, despite. Pretty heavy bleeding, I think it was described as. Uh, young Harris Tavita, balls of literal steel, mate. Wow, that's incredible. We had one, the great bet Kamali. Um, you know, if Harris Tavita has half the career of Kamali, he'll be doing well. And just quietly, he's looking for a contract next season. So, you know, maybe the Sharks are interested, maybe they're not. I haven't heard anything, but uh, yeah, I don't want to start any rumours tonight. But uh, I wouldn't be too disappointed if we would have a little nibble. Um, look, with the Warriors comes a giant four-pack. Uh, young Curran's out, which is a shame for them, but good for us because he's a he's a weapon, that bloke. I'm a real big fan, really high on him. But the four-pack, you can't go past Adam Fenua, Blake, Matt Lodge. You know, the um, the not-so-nice front-row rotation. I'm trying not to swear tonight, but they are fucking scumbags. But they're good at football, unfortunately. You know, definitely Fanua Blake. This is a bloke who's made a career tearing Cronulla up the middle. I think we beat, it was 2020, because it was every four years until this year, where we beat the Warriors up in, uh, the Manly Seagulls rather, up in Gosford. And we flogged them. It was about 40 to 20. And Adam Fanua Blake was probably the best player in the park. You know, he scored a double and made about 400 metres from memory. So, you know, this is a bloke with form against us. And I think last year even, I think he was Manly's best when they absolutely trounced us. Again, I try to forget that shit. Please forgive me. But, you know, it's keeping him quiet because, unfortunately, big forwards tend to monster Cronulla. You know, Payne Haas took us for a, a ride this week. Shout out to Catewell, too. I, I've always been a big fan of him. Uh, he played really well for Brisbane, unfortunately, and that was good. And, uh, you know, Reynolds definitely showed us what we missed out on. I'm still happy we went the way we did, but Reynolds had a real good game. But Payne Haas ran through us, and Nelson Asafa Solomona ran through us with, you know, relative ease in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. So Fanul Blake's the next one up. We've got to work out a way to stop these boy, these big boys. Now, he's not that much bigger than our forwards, you know. Fanukin's low to the ground, and, and Toby's Toby's a giant, but he's not, he's not Fanul Blake big. But, you know, this is a team that built the early season form on defence. And you can't tell me Teague Wilton can't put a shot on or, or, you know, Cam can't get in under the ribs or or Toby can monster him in a tackle. You know, we've got, we got the players to shut him down. And if you shut Fanua Blake down and you get on top of Matt Lodge, the Warriors don't really have a plan B. Now, Ewan Aiken's very good, and that's a player that I'd really like to have going back again. I'd like to have a nibble at him. You know, if he's cheap, and if we do decide to move on from Wade Graham, we do lose the Cora. You know, I think we can do a lot worse than putting Aiken there. But anyways, um, he's not a player that you look at and think, oh, he's going to run for 300 metres and he's going to destroy us. Now, he did play well against us last year from memory. I think we were his second game when we moved to the second row, and what a career resurgence for him. And he, he outplayed our second rollers from memory, so maybe, maybe he's one to watch this week. But 
You know, if if you told me now two players you could hold down, it'd be Johnson and Lodge because uh, Johnson and Fennell Blake. She just don't know what those pricks will do. But look, again, this this comes down to big forwards and an elusive fullback. That's a that's been the the recipe to beat Cronulla in years. So Newcastle always beat us with the Safidi boys, Clement and Ponga. You know, this is probably out in Newcastle, although this year they're way better than Newcastle. Aren't those red and blues fucking disgusting? Moment of silence for Newcastle. Nah, fuck them. But this is, this is a team that, you know, are built to that Newcastle sort of thing. And, you know, an equally shit coach and an equally average sort of centre pairing. But that's that stopped us, never stopped us in the past. But, yeah, look, Walsh, you know, he's got a lot of Pongas about him. I think he's in better form than Ponga and that. That worries me a little bit, but again, you know, you hit him early, you remind him you're there, you know, you mess up his beautiful hair, you look into those equally beautiful eyes, and you say, not today, mate, this this is not your day. But if we can keep their superstars quiet, look, 1-17, to 17, our team's heats better, our bench is going to outplay them for sure, and I think we got, you know, definitely got the better hooker, I think we got the better fullback, and I think we got the better forwards, so definitely got the better centres too, so I don't really... Well, then again, I didn't really see how we could lose to Brisbane, so I'm not not with overconfidence, but I do feel we'll bounce back, especially Shark Park in the uh, you know the early autumn or mid autumn sun for at least an hour. Sun goes down about five five fifteen now, so we get the first half in the sun. Uh, hopefully, they're running in some big Nico Hines bombs. You know, he gets Rishi Walsh running sideways, looking over his shoulder, and we score a few tries. But look, in all honesty, I think Cronulla win this week. I'd be very disappointed if we didn't, especially after the rocket that Fitzgibbon's going to give players this week. And the fact that we're coming off a long turnaround. You know, if you could offer me that Brisbane loss again, no injuries, long turnaround, we come out and whop the Warriors, I'm taking it. It doesn't matter. That Brisbane game will be consigned to you know, memory very soon. Still not good, but lessons learned. Let's turn it into a positive. This Warriors game, if we come out and get beaten, I wouldn't say it's alarm bells, but... You're not tracking the way you should. You know, a, a loss here and there, especially like the Melbourne loss, who cares? Canberra lost round one, who cares? Brisbane was the first loss that really hurt this year. The first one I've come away sort of questioning and a little bit, little bit hurt. It hurt my feelings. So, you know, it's going to happen. But if you come out and you smash the Warriors week after, oh, well, move on, who gives a shit? But if you lose two or three of these in a row, these winnable games, then... Then you start to fall back to the Dragons and the you know those those teams that are the nuisance of our teams. You're not you're not really going to make up the top four. Not to say that we can't make the top four even if we lose this weekend, but these are the games on the bounce you really really need to win. You don't want to be losing games in a row in a competition where two teams are going to beat everyone and everyone else can just fucking beat each other. But uh, look. Let us know what you think on the Twitter machine. I think we'll beat the Warriors. I don't expect a Tigers-like game. I think the Warriors are a lot better team than the Tigers even now. I think their forwards are a lot more competitive, and I think they're going to come. They're going to come to beat us. Where the Tigers just came to not get flogged. Didn't really work. Shame they scored that last try. But uh, I really like to hold this team to ten or under. I think if we can see twenty points, even if we score thirty or forty. It's probably not what I want to see. I'd rather beat this team 20 to 6 than 40 to 20. I think this is a statement game for us. I think Sir Fitz will get them up. And I think all the boys that had quiet or bad games this week will come good. 
you know, hopefully Wade Graham is either either starting or or rested with a view to magic round. Again, we've got another long turnaround. I play Canberra minus Jack White, and so perhaps that's the game. Uh, is this a game where we see Lockie Miller debut? I hear it's not that far off. Again, you know, long turnaround. Kennedy's got a lot of time. Do you play that player on the bench? You know, Newtown would have played on, I think they got Saturday afternoon game this week. So, you know, maybe Lockie and Metcalf will play that. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll, you know, field an under-strength team with a view to one of them perhaps starting. We'll know 24 hours in advance tomorrow. They None of them. They might not be even on the extended bench tomorrow by the time we listen to this. So might be a moot point. But I would definitely be looking at putting Lockie or Metcalf on the bench for Trindle. Uh, if they're going to go utility, which I'm not completely sold on, but given the amount of forwards out... Maybe it's a stopgap issue. You know, I, I, I've heard some people call for Ikevalu to come back in the side. I don't hate that, but unless you're going to put Ronaldo in the centres, which didn't really work despite mine and Terry's calling for it, um, you know, and Talakai back on the bench, definitely improves our forward pack and our bench rotation. But, you know, you're sort of sacrificing the centres for the middle is it worth it against this side? Maybe it is, given their big boys in the middle. I don't know. So Fitz will fix it. He'll work it out. But uh, I'm hearing Connor Tracy's at least another week or two off. But I wouldn't be shocked to see him name tomorrow. And, you know, if I had a choice of fully fit Tracy, probably putting him back in there, moving Talakai to the bench and unleashing him after 20, 23 minutes, especially when Fanua Blake and Lodge come off. So I think we can get on top of him there. But, uh, yeah, look, Cronulla, I'm going to say 26-6. A nice, easy win. Nico Hines, 100% from the boot. Kennedy, you know, comes back and plays the game of his life. And I think uh, Sione Katoa breaks his, his, I think, two or three game trialist drought now. It's been um, it's been long for Katoa, which is, which is you know, really wrapping the kids. He's been great. But uh, look, Cronulla win. They win reasonably comfortably. Uh, we celebrate. Looking forward to seeing the CWC boys and girls. Uh, if you see me on the weekend, give me a shout. I tend to have tunnel vision at the football. I, I tend to be looking where I'm going, and I don't notice those around me. I walked straight past Vossi the other day. Apologies again, mate. But, uh, you know, if you see me, give me a yell or not. You might just want me to fuck off, which is quite within your rights and probably the right thing to do. But, you know, if I don't see you, it's because uh, I haven't seen you. I don't ignore people. It's not more in nature. But uh, look, before we wrap up, just a few things on the news. Uh, came out today, uh, supposedly, and I say supposedly because uh, Clarky linked it from News Corp and, you know, two sources you probably don't trust too much. But Wade Graham's been told that he has six weeks to decide his value for next week and decide if he's playing on. I think that's fair. Wade Graham has earned the right to make that call. Uh, if he wants to play on, I, I think we have him. Um, but it will be at a heavily reduced contract. And that that's nothing against him or what he's done for us. I think what he's done for us buys him an extra year. Uh, if he wants to retire, put him on the coaching staff for la- staff for life. Uh, or, you know, I think he's got a business degree or an accounting degree. Smart bloke too. Uh, you know, or let him do that. But he's got a job there as long as he wants it, as far as I'm concerned. But I definitely do think he, he needs to be looking at a massive pay cut and perhaps changing role. And definitely, uh, he'll probably have to give up that starting spot because I think I think Teague uh, is nailed his down, and I don't think Nakora is going to stay for anything less than a guaranteed spot. And he got to find room for Talakai there, and it looks like we're trying to re-sign him too. Uh, evidently, been trying since February. He said no, and backed himself, and I bet she's happy now. He's probably added another zero or two to that contract. 
but it's worth remembering that this is a bloke that's had maybe four or five damaging games in a career of a couple of seasons. You know, he was very, very quiet. I would dare say terrible last year, but he's come out and he's a real fits project, as Terry and I have been saying since the start. It's been fantastic, and I really want to see him re-sign before these other hands, uh, these other teams can get their grubby hands on him. But uh, look, Wade, you know, hopefully re-signs probably a year. Uh, but in, in saying that, if he wants to go cash in in England and play two or three years over there in big money, uh, he's going to get a standing applause from me. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to begrudge him that by any stretch. Uh, the aforementioned Talakai, uh, look, I'd expect Cronulla to re-sign him rather quickly. You know, we sort of sort of gave him a career lifeline, and he comes across a very humble, very, you know, he he knows where Cronulla went out of their way for him, and I think him and his family are, are Cronulla through and through now, which is fantastic because I'm I'm big big fan of the uh, the Talakai. The other player that is off contract that we're supposedly trying to resign is Matt Moylan. Again, our best player on the weekend, showing some incredible form. His touch is just class. You know, it's unfortunately he doesn't have the speed that he did prior to his injuries because we'd probably have two or three more tries because his vision's so good, but by the time his body reacts, you know, defenders come across and and close those half gaps that he otherwise would have run through. So, you know, if we could impart his vision on Nico Hines, I think he got one of the best footballers in the competition. But in saying that, I wouldn't be offering him a two-year deal. Uh, I don't think it's overstating that I'm one of Moylan's biggest fans. But... The club comes first, and we can't be giving a player with that injury uh, history a two-year deal, especially on big money. If he wants to re-sign again for another year on what he's on now, you're taking that all day every day, even if he doesn't play every week. This is a bloke who is incredible around the place. Everyone loves him to a player. You know, he's a bit of a pest, but unlike Maloney, I think he knows when to pull back and stop, and I think his, you know, his presence is really good for morale. He's just, all the fans love him, you know, he's got the best smile of all time. I'm just fawning over Nico, but I wouldn't be giving him a two-year deal. And I think his manager coming to us and saying, you know, we want two years or we're getting out of Brisbane. It's a bit cheeky, mate. I don't know if Brisbane are going to give you two years either. But I would prefer to see Moylan stay for the record. But in saying that, if there's a chance to go get a Gumunta or a player of that quality, you know, Moylan's probably collateral damage. Or, you know, a player we're going to see up close and personal this week. Roycey, um, I was going to say Roycey Hunt. Roycey Walsh, not even close, Daniel. It's getting tired, guys. Give me a break. He's off contract too, supposedly. Now, I do think there's a clause to return to the Broncos or Dolphins. I don't know, something like that. Who cares? But, you know, maybe getting his ear and go, well, you look good in black, white, and blue. Although that prick would look good in anything just quietly. Shout out, Paul. Um, you know, a player who has been linked to Cronulla, I think by fans rather than anything, Ryan Madison had a tremendous game for Parramatta this week. Was probably the only player you'd you'd pay out of that rubbish they put up against Cowboys. Uh, he's off contract, and that shocks me. That bloke must be asking for way overs because he could walk into most sides. The fact the Dolphins haven't signed him already is just shocking to me. Uh, I would take Maddo in a heartbeat. I don't think we've got the money or the spot for him, so let's put a line through him for now. But a player we have signed next year is uh, Big Kafusi, who's pretty good for Parramatta. Again, they were they were dominated, but every time he, he hits the ball up, you know, I get I get a little bit excited for what's going to come next year. I think he's going to be a weapon off the bench. You know, and this is a bloke who's still young and he's gigantic. He's got an offload too, a step and jeezy young. Got a bit of pace for a big fella. He could really push for a front row position, 
you know, especially next year with potentially Fafida and, and Tolman moving on or retiring, who knows. But, you know, Ueli, Toby and Kafusi is a real good middle three. Then, you know, you look at a Pele or a, or a Talakai in the middle, that's 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 a fearsome foursome. There you go, hashtag that, fearsome foursome. Really excited to see him play, but, you know, he's got to play for those scumbags for a few more weeks yet, which is unfortunate. Uh, look, just quickly this week, uh, Cornell lost in all three grades. First time that's happened all season, I do believe, uh, which is a real shame. But such is the form of all three grades early on that all three teams, I think I said three or four, it doesn't matter, you know what I'm talking about. All three teams remain in the top fours where I'm going with this. Uh, Newtown a second or third. Uh, the young boys are a fourth, and we held on to fourth. Thanks again to the Cowboys who, you know, it feels weird saying that. Whew. But uh, look, yeah, we're we're in a good spot despite the loss. All all three grades are, are going well, and it's worth pointing out that Penrith did beat us in the lower grades in New South Wales Cup, uh, and they have set the the pace for a long, long time. So, you know, you're not not going to get too many negatives out of me this week, other than everything I said before, which is probably pretty negative now. I think about it, but uh, look, yeah, there's no way to spin it. Losing to the Broncos wasn't good, but a big win on Sunday afternoon, as I expect, and it'll quickly be forgotten. Look, Terry, mate, hope you're enjoying um, whatever you're doing in Thailand. Um, yeah, I miss you, mate, but um, look, don't hurry back on my... Uh... Get back here, Terry. I'm getting lost without you, mate. Look, uh, oh, i I got, I got to give a shout-out, otherwise Paul will never let me live it down. Um, yeah, he beat, he beat Terry on the old uh, super coach after beating me, so... He's got both the Finns up and Outlaws boys, which is um, which is pretty good, I've got to say. I think I've still got him in terms of the ladder. But uh, shout out Jimmy Smalls, my good mate Jimmy, who uh, who got me this week with the second highest score of the week. The aforementioned Paul got the uh, the highest. Uh, it's worth pointing out that both Terry and I, our scores would have beat anyone else in the competition. So you know, uh, the four teams throttled all the rest, but unfortunately we just came up against better better coaches on the day. Um, this week, I can't remember who I'm playing, but I'm going to beat you by heaps. Uh, it's really good fun, but, you know, losing, losing to Jimmy, it was humbling. Much like the Sharks, it was humbling. So we'll call it a humble week. I'm humble, Dan. Thanks again for joining me. I'm sorry, this one about 20 minutes longer than I had planned. Uh, but look, let's hail, who's going to have a big game this week? Let's hail Jesse Ramsey.